Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. React if you have to, yeah. Don't know the time, wait. What's up, everybody? Pond Off Synonymous episode Dirty 30. Dirty 30. <laughs> 30 episodes after today in the bag. Um, we're still doing this. It's weird. And, how, do, uh, how did we get here? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> and uh, maybe the, the most important question is why the, why the fuck we're still doing this. <laughs> um, but... The short answer to that is we had another, um, I think we, we helped another human being this week That's right. um, because of the podcast. So that's why we're doing it. Yep. That's that's why um, we're punching these out um, and uh, having a little fun with it, but also uh, talking about some real serious shit. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, brother. Uh, what a ride! I, I, um, you know, it's a. I don't know if "hobby's" the right word. Hmm. Um. But it's. I think it's important work. Um, I'm not, you know, trying to inflate like a self worth thing. It's not. I don't want to come off that way. But I've seen some some minor miracles happen since we started doing this, and I'm not uh, not saying that. Any, not even one percent of the credit should go on our shoulders. But there, it's it's putting it out there and and spreading the message of hope mm-hmm. and, and possibility as far as life changes and and recovery can are concerned. So all the credit goes to goes to god no doubt but and the individual that took tried to take back control of their own life so Mm -hmm. that's why we're doing it right yeah i definitely think it's uh you know we've talked a lot about calling at our church recently yeah and i definitely think it's a part of our calling you know maybe not all of our calling but it's a part of our calling yeah i you know that hit me last uh i guess it was sunday Mm -hmm. um when Matt talked about that and it hit me that people oftentimes confuse calling with their strengths. Say, I'm good at this. It means God wants me to do this. Yeah. Maybe in some cases, but I really took it as God uses our weaknesses. We kind of help people in our, our weakness. Yeah. Wine being addiction and, um, alcoholism. Yeah. Um, so that hit home, and it, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say validate is the. It maybe validated our mission. It didn't sure. validate me. I, I don't. I'm uh, I'm invalid, <laughs> so <laughs> at all times. But it was. I took it more of as a 
fuck, Chris, you just got to keep going. Right. <laughs> you got to keep doing this shit. So yep. I was really grateful for for that perspective on Sunday. Um, and yeah, now, man, you know, I, I'm thankful every time, you know, every time it seems like, man, this is another thing. Anytime this starts becoming a burden, which I mean, it can because life's crazy right now. Sure. Uh, anytime that happens, I almost always get hit with a, hey, guess what? We've been able to help another person, you know, and it's like, well, then we're doing it. We're going to keep going, right. you know, and it gives us that energy. I think it takes to uh, keep doing this. Yeah, no kidding. And and that person. um now, also it, it, to to like to jump on the jump back to the point where it's it's not our credit, right? It's right. credit to the guys like Eric, yeah, because it was his story ultimately that that um, resonated with a listener, um, and and we'll continue to do so because it's what I'm seeing is people aren't uh, you know we li- release on Mondays and. It takes weeks for people to get to yeah. a certain episode. So God only knows the where the reach that, that an episode like Eric's will have. Um yeah. and and I just uh you you could you said it best when there's oh shit, we gotta schedule this, we gotta get this podcast done for Monday's release. Um just me being lazy sometimes is is the burden and I'm like <laughs> And then we get a, a note like that, and it's like, fuck. Yep. Yeah. All right. Message yep. received, Jesus, <laughs> with your subtlety. <laughs> Maybe um, not so subtle sometimes. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I've learned that. I'll, I, I ignore all the subtle Yeah. hints. It, it, it usually takes him uh, to kind of like, you know, slap me in the face a little bit and, and make it pretty fucking clear <laughs> yep. that, hey, hey. You listening? But um, <laughs> funny story about about Matt, um, the pastor at our church. He uh, he's let me know that uh, it's time to start paying the piper. <laughs> so he that's uh, he, he. I don't think he he spends much time looking at the uh, the the balance sheets on the giving. Yeah, but. Um, he he's much more uh, creative than that. So I, I paid his his you know his son helps us with with childcare and I paid him and I said make sure you tell your dad this was going to go to the basket but you know I got to have childcare. <laughs> so I poked the bear and the bear poked back. So yeah, um, he's not so afraid yeah, gotta, to do that, is he? Uh-huh. I got to start figuring. I got to start. Uh, I guess tossing some tossing some pocket change since there's such a shortage into the uh into the basket when he passes it on sunday yes hey um being episode 30 jeff i thought maybe we'd just kind of recap uh Mm. recap some of our favorite episodes i mean some go through uh on a high level in case people are just now tuning in and and maybe see some things that they miss so i um i pulled up the the list starting with with Number one, and uh, you know, high level, we can go through and, and just talk about highlights from each episode. Um, the first yeah. couple were just kind of introductory, and and I think it's important too. And for my personal story, um, I know it's not about. I don't want to ever 
you know, it's just my personal story that things that I've kind of recovered from, um, it's not a, Hey, look at me, but today is the, what is today? Uh, the 20 to, I don't know what the day, I know what the day is, but it's 2020. So mm-hmm. on uh, July tw- 25th, yep. Saturday morning, Ju- July 25th is a, uh, forever imprinted day on my heart, soul, gut, big gut, brain, <laughs> all that shit. Um, it is the anniversary of when my best friend was killed in a go-kart accident. Um, mm back when we were eight so we're going i guess like shit it's 28 years um to this day and the reason i bring it up is because i discussed i spoke about that quite a bit um in episode two episode one was fun we we was just kind of laying out the mission you know basically i started episode one saying why the fuck am i here doing this and yeah you know who's gonna listen to us um also by the way episode one you've got me i had no idea you were gonna talk to me so you're on mic and i'm not i thought i was oh, yeah. producing this thing <laughs> and here i am with a microphone now thanks a lot yes well <laughs> you don't you're all in it episode the, uh, episode one you can hear me in the background laughing and trying to reply to you <laughs> right yeah and you're like shit what Wait, wait, yeah. I wasn't ready for this. It's like uh, they say about, you know, is your is is the breakfast, right? It's you're in you're either involved or committed. OK, yeah. so the chicken is involved when you're having eggs. But the pig's fucking committed if you're having bacon. Right. <laughs> so we got you in. Yeah. And, and, and we took off from there. So um, and, and it's been so much fun I, I we did like when we were talking about starting this podcast we didn't really go over that but it was always right. my vision i needed a i i you know i can't do this i talk a lot right i, I get <laughs> yeah. bitched at quite a quite often about that but i need a <laughs> i need to come up for air and jeff you're uh you're my man so um yeah so yeah that is that is that's funny you bring that up and then uh episode two yeah it was kind of my my pity party story um but it defined me as i've learned more especially about childhood trauma um and what kids go through especially uh you know they say zero to six i was eight when johnny died but i mean you get the point um i think we're all all defined with by trauma that we all experience throughout life and it's how we handle it um mm-hmm. and and why it's important whether it's trauma addiction sometimes trauma leads to self you know the self-medicating right that we can let though we can own our trauma our grief our our addiction um anything that you get that you're seeking help for we can own that or it can own us i mean that's as simple as it is anger anger is a big one anger can anger can um own us man it can it can consume us and it can it, it can it can win and it's mm-hmm. the 
oftentimes I, I feel it's just the fucking enemy pulling you down, man. Um, and I think that's important. So it's not just, you know, trauma, addiction, what you, what you think of, um, of things driving you. Uh, it can be grief, depression, and, and there's a, and it's not easy. It's not like I'm trying to say you can turn a light switch on and, and make the decision. Anxiety, as Jeff's talked about quite mm-hmm. often. But the way to own it is 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 to get some help. And there are people out there that can help with this shit um, and things you can do to, to help. And, and I'll... Uh, uh, my as we're rambling a little bit I know we're going to go through these just episodes these 30 episodes or we kind of recap what we've done mm-hmm. there is for me it's like a kid right like you're raising a child and they don't listen they don't listen they don't listen they don't listen why don't you listen to me why don't you just listen why don't you just listen it's fucking hard to just listen right you all we all suffer from the know-it-all syndrome right mm-hmm. to an extent but when I was able to get to be successful uh, in recovery and successful on getting the help um, that needed to to make the big change and to to own my alcoholism instead of alcoholism owning me, mm. to own my anxiety, to own my depression, to own my anger, because I was an angry motherfucker for a while, I had to finally surrender and listen and I, I can picture my old man always telling me how to do things right and then I would never do it his way never do it his way and then one day I'd just start doing it his way and he'd be like the fucking light went off right mm-hmm. you know and it's I, for those of you that are parents get it you especially of kids that are you know f- five and older maybe you it, it, teenagers you have probably told them why don't you just listen? Why don't you just listen? Why don't you just listen? The problem is you don't listen, you know, that shit like that. And we try to do things on our own, even as adults, so, so much, especially in our 20s. We really know fucking everything when we're in our 20s. And shit hasn't even started yet as, how, as I. Yeah. I mean, I literally got sober when I was 30. So. Yeah. Because I started fucking listening and I surrendered and I, I, I listened to people that have been there before. I listen to people that I, I, I find to be wise, wiser than me, human beings. And, um, and it, and it's helped. So that's my message, not to be too long winded on episode two, but it's kind of an honor of, of Johnny, you know, sure. I, um, I didn't know what the trauma had done to me because I never really got the help that I needed, uh, not to my parents' fault. Um, they were also going through some shit, you know. They, I don't know if I told the story about us. We were getting sued for everything we had from this, from John's uh, biological father, who uh, is now doing life in prison because he's a fucking scumbag, but... Um, hmm. 
let us pray. And that's not Christian. Um, <laughs> point is, they were going through all that, and I think I did have a couple therapists, um, but only one connected with me. And I remember to this day, I was in third grade, and I'm, a, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Um, and I wrote her a letter in high school letting her know that how much she meant to me. And I, I still to this day remember her name was Mrs. Hart. Now it's... Um, uh, Laura Jacoby and I, I always say her last name wrong um, let me just so I don't get her name wrong her last yeah. name get it right so that we can all it's yeah it's not <clears throat> Van, I always want to say Vander it's La, Laura Jacoby Van Hook okay and I wanted to give her a shout out um, <clears throat> I, I don't not that she probably listens to this but she was a counselor and and, and like so, this happened this summer, going into third grade. In third grade, I probably it's a fucking fa- my family breaks my balls over it to this day. But I, I was fucked up in the head, and so you know, I got upset, and I brought a fucking knife to school in third grade, and <laughs> um, it it wasn't a fucking switchblade or a butcher knife. It, do you remember the old Adidas jackets? Oh yeah. The, I had a black one. Me too. Um, they were yes. all the fucking rage. Yep. My Adidas jacket and my pumps. And uh, the Adidas jackets, pardon, you know, all day I dream about sex. <laughs> yeah. The Adidas, the, the Adidas jackets had that inside pocket, right? Mm-hmm. So I fit the only knife I could fit in that inside pocket, and it happened to be a fucking cheese spreader, with, <laughs> and the handle of it was a, a candy cane. <laughs> I still have this fucking knife to this day. Um, my 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 mom's sister always wants to put it out every holiday because they her kids uh, have been giving me shit over it for years. But you know, <sighs> luckily I I never took it out of my pocket. But I took it in, and I told my friends who told their mother fucking tattletales. Uh, <laughs> you know. I won't say their names, <coughs> Whitaker twins, but they, God bless them, <laughs> they did the right thing, right? So they told their mom, who immediately told my mother, uh, because they were all concerned. Uh, all of us, that we were all on the same Little League team, and Johnny was on our Little League team. And uh, and we so we all went through this, um, just this unimaginable grief when you lose mm-hmm. a, a friend at that age. And the un, the lack of understanding, um just from being young, I mean, there's a lack of understanding and a lot of senseless death for adults and, and us today. So imagine it for an eight-year-old. But it's just a fluke accident, uh, freak accident, excuse me. And um, and that, so I, I, I got in trouble and uh, it got around the school and the school had known my issues and, you know, I didn't get big trouble um but i got you know it was serious it was a kid and then i i so i had to work with this counselor and therapist and she uh she just became my friend and really sat down with me in 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 the fucking pit man and Mm -hmm. uh and helped me the best she could help you know a, a kid that age and then I'll never forget her. And then I remember we always, 
she hated the Cowboys. I liked the Cowboys, obviously, because they were winning everything back then. Oh, yeah. Do you have a starter jersey, too? Remember those? Yeah. Em- or starter uh, jackets. Emmett's- yeah. I-, I had a Cowboys starter jacket. I had an Emmett Smith jersey. Yeah, I had the Emmett Smith jersey. Well, right. I mean, who didn't like Emmett Smith? Yeah. And, uh, but she didn't like the Cowboys, so she was pulling for the Bills, and we had a little... Uh, Ew. <laughs> she, the, she said if the Cowboys win, that she would she would buy me a soda from the soda machine at at school which was a big fucking deal to an eight-year-old so that's your shout out i um still love you and i still recall you mrs hart but i sorry i know that's not your your name uh but uh, and i think i at one point was all drunk at uh clinton hills and hit on your daughter so <laughs> who was also named ashley but um <laughs> In fact, I don't think I know I did because I, I remember it. She reminds me of it. Uh, the daughter does quite often. But all is well that ends well. Um, so, <laughs> just moving forward, that that was my extent of, of dealing with the, the childhood trauma. I, I remember when I was a later teenager, somebody. My mom did say, you need to go talk to this person. So I went, and um, he was this guy, and I literally, shit you not, he had those two, like, nuts. They look like little balls on the, uh, they are little balls, right? They look like a sack, and pardon my language, eh? and you you know, you click one over, and it oh, clicks, yeah, yeah. swings like a fucking pendulum, right? He had those, and I kept fucking around with them, and he's like, so, and I was just talking with him about, little bullshit and then finally he's like i uh we're here we need to talk about uh, the death of your best friend and i said you know what i'm out of here and i fucking and i go and your fucking nuts suck or i said something else so i was pissed <laughs> it was probably wasn't his fault but i was angry i think i was pretty liquored up at the time i was 16 or 17 so i know i did some shots before going in to talk to this guy because a i didn't want to talk about this shit yeah and b when i had a couple drinks in me i I'm a better I thought I was a better talker so <laughs> so and I'm rambling about shit again but the trauma that that happens in people's lives it's it, it defines us and then when we f- figure it out when we try when we stop trying to deal with it on our own for whatever reason whether it's stubbornness or uh pride Whatever gets in the way of us seeking help and, and surrendering and and listening, it, that's when I've seen some real fucking miracles happen. Um, I hear it all the time when I'm a part of AA meetings, and I mean, each person's story is is so different and unique, but so similar right there, right where where the where the change happened. Yep. And it's when we when we figured out that we can't do this fucking shit all, all all on our own, man. And what a fucking burden that is to do. What how liberating is it to realize that you can you can have some people help you. I mean, and it's fucking empowering and I think it's a sign of strength. So, and in fact, I don't think I know it is. Yeah. But um, 
I remember episode three, four, and five were uh, back to the little recap series for those of you that missed yeah. it. Um, episode three, I talked about uh, about one of the first things I did when I got sober to, and it was all about joy. And I went back to a time of my life when I was happy, just a happy kid, mm-hmm. uh, which I was even after Johnny died. Because um, kids fucking are resilient, man. Uh, yeah. I wish I was as resilient as I was back then. I wish <sighs> I was as resilient as Charlie. We aren't. We got so much fucking baggage and shit and yeah. predispositions and that we've learned and now we know it all and all that like we've talked about. But So I went back to a time before alcohol when I was happy, when I didn't even know what a substance was, and that was my childhood. So I went, when I first got sober, I went and got, I started doing things like, Think that I loved Emmett Smith, so I, I mean, I didn't, I, I had shed that Cowboys disease. Um, yeah. Pardon you, Cowboys fans, but <laughs> I started, you know, I was a sports fucking addict, so I wanted to watch, you know, I, I, and I had some extra cash in my pockets now, so I got some cool like Illini stuff. I got some, um, you know, my favorite NASCAR driver. Get us, and then just watched every sport I could because that's what yep. made me happy when I was a kid. It made me happy to this day so that's what episode three uh was about for the most part and um just offering some tips for for people that are newly into recovery um and then four and five were just uh, we had a little quick christmas and new year's episodes they were um we had started recording we released started the podcast released it in the beginning of january and then we started recording uh before that yeah. So I think we recorded those episodes right around that time. Yep. Um, and then still one of my favorite episodes was number six, where we had Nick Boatman come in and we caught we titled it a Trailblazer, and he shares his story. I love um, Nick's story, man. It's so powerful yeah. and he, hilarious. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he he has a his a way way with words as well, and yeah. uh, he went from being a um, you know his self described you know heroin addict junkie and you know and he didn't like you know he, he talked about how he hates that term because it it doesn't just happen overnight but um and he explains that as eric did last week um and how at one point he was you know in his underwear in a in a in a ghetto trying to score drugs and they stole his car pistol whipped him and <laughs> he was a uh, had a real paranoid attack so he, he hid out in a uh in a braid shop um yeah you know probably the only white guy in this neighborhood in his <laughs> underwear so that he said that was the point where he realized his, his life was unmanageable that's a quote yeah, he used on the episode the and uh and nick has now since um i can't he can't he can't even can't even count the number the amount of people he's helped through his his journey and his re- treatment facilities and, and treatment centers so yeah and I, th- I think that's part of this uh whole thing that's that's kind of interesting is you know some people's rock bottoms are really scary and his rock bottom was really scary to him but he yeah. also told it in such a humorous way that you feel bad for laughing at it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i mean you know of course you know we got you got to be lighthearted with stuff sometimes you know but, no uh, i think yeah it, it because it's pretty heavy if not and, yeah. and, and and through this when you when you get to that point and then you 
there, there's nothing that fucking humbles you more. So that, that humility, yeah. which is life saving for me, um, makes us able to laugh at how bad it was, yeah. but also know how, you know, bad it was. So, right. um, and, and we also share the, the worst of the worst stories so people can really see the illustration. We try to articulate it well enough so they know and can relate to it because they've had their, they've had their, their braid shop story. They've had their pistol whip story. They've had their, um, rampage in a bar story. Their, um, whatever name that rock bottom shit story. They've right. had it and they can relate to it and they can see that there's a way up and a way out. Um, I remember episode seven, we talked about, uh, being pussies because we take medicine, medication. <laughs> yeah. and we talked about you, you talked a lot about your anxiety yeah. and how you've had it for quite some time and, um, how you fight it. And that maybe at the end of the day, we're actually not, uh, weak motherfuckers, um, that because we want to, you know, try and make ourselves healthier and better. Yeah. Um, I'm man. I, I'll say it again. I'm thankful for the medication, you know, and, and the last couple of days for me to be, you know, totally transparent have been really rough with some personal stuff, you know, with some family stuff, um, that triggers it to, to go back a little bit. I'm finding that, um, uh, a lot of nostalgia, triggers it for me like thinking back Hmm. on high school times and if i get like thinking about it too much even sometimes listening to the music from that era too much will just trigger anxiety for me it's weird really weird that's funny because i i see you've been posting uh like some 90s music stuff well not just recently it's been all taylor swift so the the new taylor swift record is the most amazing (laughs) thing she's ever done Maybe Taylor's helping you with that a little bit. I like bit, me but. some Taylor on this record. Uh, me and Screech love Taylor Swift. Yeah. We used to get drunk and sing her songs really loud. Um, <laughs> the, the Romeo and Juliet, that song. Yeah, yeah. We love that song, me and Screech. That's, our, that's me and Screech's little love song, our little ballad. <laughs> well, praying for you, buddy. I hope. Thanks, uh, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because um, days can be grinds and then... And it's it's not linear, um, as we heard from one of the episodes coming up that we'll we'll recap. Uh, recap. Right. Uh, episode eight, we told our told our church stories on on the how the church we go to has been instrumental in our our lives, and um, I, I will. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I, I would assume it's made you a better person. I think it's made me a better person. Some people may disagree. Some people may say, no, you douchebag. You used to be a lot fucking cooler when you were an asshole and a drunk and snorted a bunch of cocaine. You were a lot cooler then. You're a douchebag now. I'm sure there's people out there that say that. But in my when I look in the mirror, I think I'm doing things better. And I do credit the, the church that I go to as a, as a home, as a homing beacon as a when i start to wander down the road of anger or just being a fucking asshole you know what would the mats do as my mother say <laughs> fucking miowski <laughs> and fulmer so it's i um we shared that story and uh yeah i was that was maybe i was most nervous about that one because i'm not ashamed of 
my faith, but I also don't want to turn people off. You know what I mean? From the message. If they're, if they have baggage from church or Mm -hmm. with, with, with people who claim to be Christians, you know, who have probably shamed them or whatever, you know, so I was, yeah, I was super nervous about, about that. That's the last thing I think we just wanted to provide hope and, and show that, you know, that a few bad apples don't spoil the whole bunch, you know? That's true. And I'm glad you said that because I think you've been to places like that um, where I haven't just because of my limited, you know, church history. Um, Besides, you know, like I've said, I only got my religious spiritual advice from our, the, the Father Grogan, our, our Catholic priest, and the only time I saw him was at funerals uh-huh. and weddings. So that's when I'd get my, but my spiritual advice. But I, I totally understand what you mean, and I will say that I just had this conversation the other night um, with somebody that, you know, I'm not going to beat nobody over the head with a fucking Bible. I don't. That is just not. That's not the game. I. I, yeah. I just. It just happened to be my way, and I've seen people recover different ways, but um, it happened to be my way, and, and you're right. I, talking about our faith, we, we think about automatically turning people off, um, and, it's, and I'm not really talking about the, the non-believers. I, I think they're even—I have some friends that are, are maybe a skeptic or a non-believer that embrace— the faith story more than the people that have been fucking fucked over by a church and treated like dog shit in the name of fucking Jesus, which is so fucked up. But yeah, that's the crew that I, my heart hurts for the most. Um, and it sucks. It's so fucking sad, but yeah, it's the world we live in a bunch of imperfect judgmental assholes, but, uh, it is what it is. So, I, and I think we did good. I, I don't think we, yeah, we weren't just, I wasn't like preaching or, or reading a bunch of fucking scripture to people. Um, I don't think. I haven't listened to the episode in a while. <laughs> yeah. And then we, I started a little, um, a series, uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Um, episode nine was the, the, how I, the ugly was me just becoming a complete liability to everybody I was around when, during the, during the depths of my addiction. Um, and that was the first, that was episode nine. So that was part one of that series. And, and in between that, um, in between that series, because we did part one, then we had a, a number of guests, which uh, I don't say put us on the map, but it, well, we're not, we're not, not, not on any fucking map, but it made my heart just blow up for this whole mission because we really... We had talked to obviously Nick um, and shared his story, and then we we rattled off. I'm reading four guests in a row that were just each time we have a guest on, I get yeah, I, I just blow up. The first one was with Michelle. I mean, how I, incredible! I was, excuse me, which was with, with Teresa right uh, regarding yep. regarding her sister Michelle and and her her sister's uh, passing away from the disease and. Uh, Teresa is just, and I will use this term, 
intentionally because of her her just love for fucking music. Teresa's a fucking rock star. Yeah. And um She's and her cool, story. man. And we're Facebook yeah. friends now because of that yeah. episode and we back and forth, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> She's awesome. You, know, you you two have a lot in common. Um yeah. musically, uh politically, um <laughs> You both are kind motherfuckers, right? We ganged up <laughs> on you that day. <laughs> yep, sure did. Um, yeah, and 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 she's a warrior too, man. She's yeah. going through her grief story and, and journey, and um, just just a, a, a really courageous, brave human being that that I look up to. Yeah. The episode that was episode ten. Episode eleven was was Megan. God love Megan. She, um, Megan Gears is her name, and she, man, she has a, a real powerful story of her alcoholism and how it almost killed her, how she was in the hospital being told she needed a liver transplant because it was so bad, and she still wanted to drink vodka. Um, yeah. But at some point, that light went on, and she listened, and she surrendered. And Megan, to this day, is a little over two years sober, and and soaring uh within what a the sweetheart uh, yeah she's soaring in the recovery community she will take it she will if if somebody needs help um Megan is a person that you can reach out to and she'll help steer you in the right direction and mm-hmm. uh she she spends a lot of her time um in the program and and helping people and driving people to meetings and um being there being a, a a hug for them a resource for them and uh she's just got a heart of gold and that that episode i i talk about often um with people that that reach out that are in the in the absolute bottom of the pit yeah. the, the bottom of the bottle bottom of the barrel if you will and i said please listen to megan's episode because it's another message of hope you can she thought she was either going to get a need a transplant or die, and mm. and a miracle happened, and she she got sober. That miracle is her getting sober, and her and her and I believe her liver has has healed. Uh, let her confirm that. But mm-hmm. that was our I'm first t- video episode, and Damn. Uh, and it, it was also, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's also um, one of the most listened and, and viewed, probably definitely the most viewed. Uh, oh yeah, podcast we've ever done because she just has a network of people who love her and share that episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people just wanted to hear her story really yep. good. That was, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's true. Uh, the next episode was, was, was fun for me to do because this guy's a great guy. And, uh, and it's a topic I by far the least amount of an expert on. Yeah. But I get it because I've been, a in that friends and family of, Yep. Uh, category of of a bipolar uh, a person suffering from bipolar disorder and was we had Mike Wellington on um, former professional golfer um, we told some golf jokes we talked about our common theme uh, a radio station that we like are a member of this cult uh, <laughs> that listens to this radio station in the morning and it can be vile and dirty and we talk about each other's wives that if they ever find <laughs> out they'll fucking kill us uh things like that not mike but um right like speaking for personal experience uh but 
Mike's a great guy. He wrote a book, uh, Birdies, Bogies, and Bipolar Disorder, and it talks mm-hmm. about his struggle playing professional golf and um, and and dealing and with his bipolar disorder. And and I think he's one that would agree that uh, that his his disease controlled him, right? Owned him until he was able to get the the help he need, listen, surrender, and now he he owns it yeah. and. Um, helps a countless amount of people in fact a, a person that he helped um before i really before we talked about this uh, po- even the podcast was an idea he had helped a, a person i know through a colleague at work and that person's living um a really healthy great life now and and he wants to come on the show to talk about it so oh, awesome yeah so his name's tyler we'll have him on uh yeah, I'd love that. soon i keep telling him that I want to wait till we can get in person because uh, I really want to meet up with Tyler anyway. And um, and you had texted me earlier, like, hey, when are we going to start doing this together? I said, yeah. hey, you fucking tell me. So, um, as soon as our space says I can, I'll, I'll ask right. soon. Then yeah, we'll... yeah. And and I'm, ex- I'm excited to get out of this fucking rat hole basement. We can spread uh, out here to where I'm at. So if we need to, you know. Well, we can't sit on each other's laps. <laughs> we can do the six feet. It'll be good. <laughs> so, and then episode 13 was fun. It was, I loved uh, that one. It was Jeff Stevens for Wellbeing Brewing. I, I have people to this day ask me where they can get well-being, that guy you talked to. I mean, yeah. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I need to let Jeff know that. I try to tag him in some social media stuff, so I hope he sees that because yeah. all kinds of people. Uh, a buddy of mine was up in going on a a sober friend of mine um was going on a vacation i think up to wisconsin and he's like hey i gotta stock up because he wanted to take his friends this shit oh yeah um i'm telling you it's it's a cool thing man we've sold a few sixers for him man yeah yeah yeah, there you go (laughs) but he did us a great service too by coming on and telling his story uh he has a a quote that you've used in several episodes since uh what's that quote can you share that yeah it's uh when when one person gets sober, at least ten people's lives change. Yeah, I think it's something around those lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a, and it's so fucking true. And I still do quote. use it. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff, Jeff, I think put the bottle down in his early twenties and hasn't looked back. And yeah, uh, and, and and noticed that there was a gap between uh, 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 any between water and maybe the, a shitty NA beer at a yeah. bar, and he yeah. was able to create a a wonderful product for people. That want to still go out and and have a fun something fun to drink besides some sugary ass mocktail that's a thing yeah. now. For me, I'm a club soda guy, but a lot of people want you know a cool, crafty, non alcoholic beer that tastes good. Yeah. I mean, every other one that I know of tastes like shit. So yeah, well, and and as you know, I've shared many times that um, I don't struggle struggle with alcohol issues. So I drink, and uh, my wife does too, but she's pregnant. So we went ah. and got us some uh, well being and. Every now and then we'll have some, you know, beers on the deck, and she nice can drink. I, see, and I I like it, so I wanted to drink it, but she said, "Hands off, it's hers right God. now." <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just stick with Stag. Yeah. I love Stag. You, you, stag and Ali Ali Oxen Free. Yes, Ali Ali Oxen Free is so. We should. I should not. Maybe I don't know. Right. Maybe I shouldn't see how uh, good it is. <laughs> well, well, I want to have. Mark wants to come on, and yes. I've, I've hesitated having Mark, my cousin, um, who owns some restaurants and is a partner with a uh, – they, they they named a beer after 
after his son, my nephew, um, who passed away from congenital heart disease. We've talked about him on the show. His name was Ollie, and they they so they named a beer after him. This perennial ale, ale brew pub, I believe it's yeah. called, and and now they have it at his restaurant. Well, I want to have Mark on to talk about the restaurant industry and how yes. they're hurting um, and his life because he's uh, he's been through some shit. Obviously, I mean yeah. t- that's a fucking understatement. I mean he lost a child. I mean, it doesn't mm. get any worse than that. So. Mm-mm. But also, uh, you know, we, I used to party with him when I was younger, and, and he could, uh, the reason I've hesitated because he'll, he'll come on here and break my fucking balls the whole episode. And it's like, <laughs> I can't oh, wait. Hey. Right, right. I, I haven't seen him in that light. I mean, I've, I've had some sit-down interviews with him because he and his wife go to our church, and so, you know, I've seen mm-hmm. them in a very professional scenario, but yeah, I, need right. to, I, need to get, I need to see Just the real wait. Mark Hinkle. That's what I'm yeah, saying. just wait. As soon after his third, a second glass of red wine, his yeah. teeth turn purple, <laughs> and then he gets. And then after about four or five, he gets real squinty eyed, and he's funnier than shit. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. So, um, yeah, we'll have him on. So, yeah. um, the next uh, and then episode fourteen is when is when the world changed. We, um, <sighs> it was our first episode under the uh, quarantine order. Um, uh, that's when we started recording from doing over Zoom and yeah. um, talked about the the brutal nature of uh, and, w- and what w- what it felt like in March is different than what it feels like now. Um, yeah. Uh, not for everybody, but I mean, it just does. It feel it, because March it was so, uh, and like I said, it's not like everything is known and things change so much. But March was a scary fucking time, man. I mean. Um, and a lot of people, I think the majority of people were unified in, in a little and had some a fear of this. Yeah. I know it's completely split now in a, in a shit show like everything else in this fucking country. But right. it, uh, you either are angry and on this side or angry on that side. And um, I, I, there are people, believe it or not, in the middle. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, that, yeah, but they just don't get heard. It just seems like there's so much fucking vitriol out there. But the point is, in March. Right when it, it starts, shit, shit, the world changed and it yep. felt different than it does today as we've tried to adapt and, and return to some sense of normalcy. But boy, what a fucking time that was. Uh, and it was just at back March. What's really weird about it, dude, is, is that you just made me realize this. We have officially, I think as of last, as of this episode, we are doing, we have done more podcasts this way than we have in person. No, oh, that's a good point, man. That's messed up. I hate it. And that it. wasn't yeah. Can you imagine like if we sat down and talked about hey let's? Do, I didn't know what fucking Zoom was until then. Yeah, me either. I, I mean, <laughs> I've done web. I've done up. WebEx. <laughs> yeah, right. I've done Skypes. I've done WebExes. Um, yep. Fucking FaceTime. Uh, you know, I've sent nude pictures via text message. Just kidding. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, right. This I uh, highly, highly. Um, what's the opposite of advice? Advice uh, against discourage, I highly discourage that type of behavior. Um, but good point, man. We never sat down and envisioned uh, our podcast looking like this. But no. man, we we adapted, we punched through, and yeah. um, we're still episode fifteen. The halfway point was pretty cool. It was Joey Miner from the well, plays with the Wall Hungarians, and uh, yep. Joey's uh, Joey was apprehensive about coming on the show because he wasn't before or after. He was more in the middle uh, in terms of recovery and, and yeah. struggling. 
which made that episode really powerful. And um, and Joey's just a he's got a heart of gold. He's a he's a good friend. He's a and he's a great human being. And and him coming on was uh, and he he really spoke to those that are in the middle right now. They're not necessarily yeah. at rock bottom, and they're not maybe where our, I am or people beyond me in their sobriety recovery journey. But uh, that perspective was ins- insanely powerful. And I was, yeah. uh, to this day, really grateful he came on. Next, episode 16, uh, leading up to Easter, we the had Matt Miosky on, <laughs> who's ball-breaking me right now to, to pay the piper. He said it's a pay to he said it's a pay to play relationship from here on out. So. <laughs> I got to set up the direct deposit. I'm telling you, but you know, and we kid about all that. Yeah. But but this church's mission, man, they they give away they, the the money goes to technology so people can worship online. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, an amazing staff at the church, and then it goes to people that fucking need it <laughs> i yeah. mean they give away a hundred percent of their easter offering a hundred percent of their christmas eve offering which 98 percent of the other churches rely on to survive because it's yeah. their busiest busiest days they give it away to one goes i think to the city uh to projects in the in the real um inner city where it's needed and the other one goes to mozambique to dig wells for people that don't have fucking water mm-hmm. so yeah, we joke and everything, but it's not, uh, you know, this fucking guy ain't driving around in a Lamborghini or a Porsche. He's got a piece of shit, orange, ugly-ass Honda car. that Honda um, Fit. Yeah, whatever, yeah. And and uh, I don't mean to insult him, but I do. That car, he, yeah, he's ready for an upgrade. I don't think he's going to roll any eyes if he <laughs> if he gets himself a new ride. But I, he, I think him, he loves that fucking car. He does love it, and it's gathering orange. Our color at the gathering is orange, and his car is orange. It's a little faded, though, I is it? Him, yeah, that's true. I told him if he ever gets rid of it, that we have to, like, you know how at car dealerships, they will they have these, like, big boulder stones in front, and ah. then they park, like, the truck right on top? We uh-huh. need to do that with his Honda Fit right out in the parking lot at the McCausland site here in St. Louis. <laughs> the fucking Pope, the Pope mobile it is, right? Yes. Either that, that or it, stick it in the ground coming out like those <laughs> spray paint. It, it, absolutely. You know what I loved about Matt's episode is he did, he talked to the people in the the skeptics and he and he was like man i get it yeah the church has fucked over a lot of people and i get your skepticism and that's a that's that's what we want i think Just he come said on sh- i think he said the word shit in it he did and i behaved myself and a pastor who swears is a pastor yeah. i like <laughs> that means True you're story. real <laughs> not right you're not a fake motherfucker he's the he's the man um and and that was awesome that he, yeah. that he was able to come on uh the next episode, 17, was part two of that series I referred to earlier uh, called The Bad. And it was me being, I was not a uh, reliability or lack thereof. I, I was, I during my addiction and alcoholism, I was, um, you couldn't rely on me for anything. Uh, you could rely on me for one thing, meeting you at the, at the bar for a drink. But other than that, I was no good to you. I, um, I re- speaking of Ollie, I remember when he... He he had his heart attack that ended up being um, the final blow for him. Uh, I had the news on a Saturday night. I was Saturday, Saturday night. Shit, I had started drinking screwdrivers at breakfast at Charlie's in downtown Belleville. Um, uh, rest in peace, but Charlie's. I got, yeah, this is some gravy, baby. I, uh, I got in a car and drove to Cardinal Glennon. Um, and could have caused a whole fucking shitstorm in my family by 
causing another self-induced accident. So, so that was a, a look in the mirror episode. Um, episode eighteen, uh, we titled it uh, "Footprints," and we we talked again about. Um, and it's part three of the, the story, uh, and it comes. I titled it Footprints because it's that, like I said earlier, when you, for me, it was turning shit over to God and realizing that during the hardest times in your life, you, there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And the guy said to God, how come during the hardest points of my life, you know, you left me and it was just me there walking. And he said, it wasn't, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you. And I really have always subscribed to that and just got to recognize that, that that's happening and. And for me, my saving grace was uh, was this great fucking humility. I, I, and I, t- I touched on it earlier. When I went to rehab, you know, talk about humbling. Um, check into rehab and stay there for for a little bit. And uh, and you, you should you should become a humbler a humbler version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, maybe you already are going in, but for my personal. You know, sometimes people think I'm fucking. I don't. I don't know. Come off a little bit cocky or confident. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't feel that way. Um, I know I was a little cocky as an ice hockey player, but you know, it was fucking. It was. It was. A, it was a, that was all business. You know, right. I would fight guys on the rink and then drink beer with them right after we beat the shit out of each other. So, but the point is, is that that great that humbling is what would help save my life and um we touch on that in 18 on episode 19 we have a we have a cpa a fucking money guy money uh, money money uh, ted dibiase himself (laughs) that's right (laughs) his bodyguard virgil um mark milton as the phrase goes if you're with milty you're not guilty he is a, a tax lawyer and and people wondering why we had him on, maybe, um, or if you're wondering now, well, he's seen a lot of shit. People gamble, drink, snort their life savings away, mm-hmm. and not pay taxes. And and he and coming from that perspective, he offers some tips on things that can do, and and maybe exposes that that big monster under the bed that it's it's a um, overcomable. If that's a word. Task. Yeah. And, um, it's not something that. We hide, we we hide from it because we're so scared that we're going to be fucked. We don't have the money, and he he's he was good at offering, um, dispelling that a little bit, dispelling that myth, and um, and has seen, seen some shit in his own right. Man, he's uh, overcome some shit, and uh, I was really excited to have him on. And it was also right around when the stimulus checks were going out. So yeah, you know the the last thing an addict needs is a stimulus check, but um, for people uh, that are rebuilding their lives or recovery, how do you get that? He uh, he was helpful in those those regards. On the home stretch, as we're getting uh, a little long winded here, the episode twenty was episode twenty. I think we did a, a, a where we came from, where we're at, and where we're going episode, sort of like yeah. this, a little recap. But um, uh, talked about our mission, why we're doing it, and uh, how we're not doing. You know, try to dispel a myth if if it exists out there that we're not doing this shit for any uh, for any money. There's no advertising, anything. It's um, it's just 
you know a mission and uh and, and that's how we there's some production costs that, that go along with it and um yep. we're doing it to to help people man and uh and that's that's the mission and we'll keep we'll keep doing this as long yeah. as uh there's people out there that are reaching out that it and it's happening so yep if you don't like us you don't have to listen um obviously <laughs> exactly but on episode 21 mother's day episode i had my my mother on which was uh i i was told that i over talked over her quite a bit but she was uh <laughs> she did pretty good at at telling the story of a of a mother that watched her son you know almost kill himself mm. by via whiskey bottle and it was they say powerful and um and probably resonated with a lot of friends and family of addicts uh, she mm-hmm. went to Al-Anon and and she talked about how hard it was to watch a, a child uh just fall 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 into deep into their addiction and yeah. um and I'm really hoping it resonated with uh, friends and families of addicts she's she's the best dude she's awesome she has her moments jeff uh, she's great with me uh-huh yeah she i love her to death but um <laughs> yeah she's the reason i'm here and never left my side so yep love you mom episode 22 was fun yes uh, this was one of my favorite ones it was uh, uh you you asked for it so i gave it i, I, do, I told my stanley I cup did. story uh, and we titled the episode gloria obviously so yes if you want to hear about a a divine spiritual fucking moment in my life um listen to it wasn't just the fact it wasn't just the blues winning the stanley cup it's it was from start to finish everything in between yeah and what it what it did to my heart my soul my goosebumps all that shit you can find it on episode 22 titled gloria that was a fun episode that was so um, fun man it's so fun because it's like it was the ultimate uh cliffhanger uh you know tying up a cliffhanger for me yeah there you go Uh, i've been waiting for for that story for a while (laughs) i don't share it with people because i i feel almost guilty talking about it um i i i i just completely i don't know And, and it's when i start thinking about it i start pinching myself and i overcome with yeah. With smiles and emotion, good emotion. It, it's yeah. I don't talk about it a lot, so I really glad we did that because I was able to finally tell the story. Yeah. Um. And and get it get it down too. So it's cool that it's it's down. So when I uh, you know, if I ever lose my fucking marbles one day, my kids right. can hear it. Uh, episode twenty three. Uh, I think we took a break for Memorial Day weekend, which was nice. Um, yeah. to Take breaks every once in a while. And uh, talked about how fucked up I used to get on Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, big big Hoosier ass NASCAR fan and an all racing fan, and it's the biggest racing weekend of the year. It's the well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to have the Indy Five Hundred, uh, the Coke Six Hundred, in the same day, and the Mon- Monaco Grand Prix preceding the Indy Five Hundred. So for years I used to, you know, just drink my way through and uh we we camp in Springfield, Illinois every Memorial Day weekend to watch racing and then motorcycle racing and um 
you know, get all fucked up and bang some biker chicks. And I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> if some I had biker a biker chicks it, were there with their biker dudes, so yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, may have you know dancing on the bar at Franny's. Um, you know, I got a guy that had his pecker bit by uh, some gal at the bar at Franny's. And <laughs> I don't think good you time. told that story on that Oops. podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. good stories uh, on episode twenty twenty three. Um, episode twenty four, we talked about the elephant in the room, uh, and it was right after uh, George Floyd was fucking murdered by those assholes, and um, yeah, talked about the uh, the elephant in the room during that time, and and that's still going on about. And I kind of shared personal personal awakening to all that shit. Um, yeah. And and I just see from now from I just see a moving forward. Uh, there's just a lack of compassion um, that that hurts my fucking heart. But um, it's it's uh in you know it's it's just been. It's polarizing. It's divisive, um, which is unfortunate. But that, if you like, you use the term "call a spade a spade." When that when that guy was killed and when George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, that was a a fucking murder. I, and I don't think many people argued about that. No. And, uh, and to bring up then the the protests and then the the violent protests, the the rioting and looting and. All I said was, I don't condone it, but I understand anger, and, right. and I understand when you grow up and your grand, your father was treated like shit at some point in his life, and your grandfather was treated like by shit like shit by at some point in his life, only because of the color of his skin. You can grow up with a lot of anger, uh-huh. and I understand that because if somebody treated my father or my grandfather like a piece of shit um, on a even if it was on an isolated incident, um, I would be a little angry, and yeah. so I'm just I just try to empathize as best as I can, and I'm not perfect, and I get it wrong quite often, but 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 on that one, on this shit, um, I think I I think I got it right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting it right. I'm finally turning awakening a little bit. So as tough as it was to talk about, and as tough as we've tried hard as we tried never to, to really make this a, a, a political deal and, and it shouldn't be political but we've we've we can't just ignore li- uh, what's going on in the fucking real world and yeah we, and we we sat down and we shared some thoughts disagree maybe i just I hate when people disagree with each other and then it turns into a big hate fuck like you don't have to mm-hmm. hate fuck us because we did say something you don't agree with or anybody in that matter it's just not a way to live man right so I, it's just being angry, and that shit fucking is exhausting. So, mm. mm-hmm. turn the channel, like we said. Um, you know, and then I'll tell you, she's now looking at it. Episode twenty-five, we talked about forgiveness and uh, what it means to forgive, and what it really feels like to be forgiven, and um, and that that was a. Like, like, I just was, you know, nobody, it seems like nobody forgives people anymore. Like, if somebody changes their mind on things, people will, like, dig up the shit they, you know, now that it's all on social media from 10 years ago and be like, look, cancel this motherfucker. I mean, 
I, I've changed a lot in two months. Um, I've changed a, f- I mean, a fucking f- fuck ton in ten years. So it, you know, it just it's not seeing a whole lot of forgiveness out there, and it's like the cornerstone of the fucking Bible, and it's yep. When I personally think of Jesus, I think of love, compassion, forgiveness. And the hardest one to understand is the the level of which Jesus can forgive mm. and calls us to forgive. It's it's the hardest one out of the three. And obviously yeah. you can see that in everyday fucking life. I'm not good at it either. So I try to be better at it and... People that really fuck you over. I mean, I watched... Ashley and I have been watching Court Cam. Live PD's gone, so we watch Court Cam now. It's a oh. fucking great show. It's people, you know, I hate to say it. This isn't Christian. Degenerates in courtrooms and, and shit that goes down. <laughs> but at the end of, the, like, the last two episodes they showed, I mean, these... Uh, uh, oh, last night, or th- it's a Thursday night show we recorded. We watched it after the baseball game last night. The, uh, the father of a kid that was robbed and killed stood up in the witness stand and told the defendant that he's not angry with him, that he forgives him and that his son would forgive him. And like, I, I'm not doing it justice. The, yeah. the defendant stood up and they fucking hugged in the courtroom and wow. cried. I mean, I got me and Ashley got teary eyed as fuck. And like, yeah, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I'm capable of that level of forgiveness. If somebody hurts one of my, my kid or my wife, I, I probably am not, but right. Yeah, I am I capable of being like, "Oh, you disagree with me? I, I don't, I don't for, you even need to forgive you. I just need to be okay with that. That's cool. Yeah. Or if you do like, motherfuck me, I can forgive you. Mm-hmm. Or if you cut me off on the road, who? That's tough. <laughs> that's, a, that's where I draw the line. Um, yeah, personally. Brittany yells at me all the time for that. Fucking assholes." She's like, hey, uh, get off that guy's ass. I'm like, he just cut me off. He needs right. to know. <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah, what are we going to – yep, I'm going to yeah. – so I don't know if I can – pray for me that I can figure that one out one yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Happy Father's Day was episode 26 where um, you told us about your old man. Yeah. Um, people have heard a lot about mine over through the show and uh, wanted to hear about your old man. And that was a cool – show i was yeah. father's day um you know it's normally the u.s open golf tournament that's <laughs> so fun times but uh things are different and we had a you know we honored um a mother on mother's day figured we'd talk about fathers on father's day yeah pretty simple stupid uh stuff there <laughs> but uh <laughs> it was a good episode i think we talked about we did talk a little bit about um My and I didn't talk much about my old man, but I talked about what fatherhood has has done to me. Um, mm-hmm. Becoming a father, uh, I guess, in the non traditional way through adoption and uh, well through fostering and then adopting, and um, what it's done to change my life. Like because it has, it's completely changed my fucking life for the better. And there's a zero percent chance I could do it at all had I if I was still drinking. Mm-hmm. And um, not just do it good. I couldn't do it. I, I just I, I, there's just not a chance. Yeah. Um, episode twenty seven was. Uh, I got a little teary eyed. It was a 
a swan song, if you will, for um, one of our pastors at the gathering, uh, Evie Martin, who yeah. has been there through for Ashley and Charlie and I through everything. She's uh, since moved to Kansas City to take over a pretty large church out there. Um, I already hate her congregation because I'm jealous of them, and um, <laughs> but I maybe I could work to forgive them, Jeff. Yes, all right, uh, and forgive Evie for leaving us, but uh, whatever. <laughs> she, I, I loved her episode. She, she obviously is eloquent and right. Um, just her words are. She's a just a beautiful wordsmith, if you will, and um, I, I always. There's something about her being a female and a pastor that is uh, outside of the norm in the Christian history, I guess, or for some denominations, which is right. part of what you said earlier about, you know, churches that are bags of shit, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, treat people fucking like they're less than. <laughs> and, um, you know, to, to have her, like, I don't know, there's just something matriarchal about her and... Something and then we ended the episode with me telling her that I just want to take her to a bunch of strip clubs so she can save the strippers. <laughs> Is there anything, so, Chris, uh, in recovery about like maintenance, if you will? Because I feel like if there is, she's been a part of that in your life. Like, ma- you know, I w- if that makes sense, does that make sense? Absolutely. No, yeah. it absolutely. Yeah, um, there's a big part of uh, about you know not reverting back and 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 maintaining and you know succeeding one day at a time in, in your sobriety because um that it, sometimes it you it, where it sounds cliche to people that haven't um bat, battled addiction or, or alcoholism one one day at a time is a sometimes a life and death uh phrase for us and it's so literal mm-hmm. even a guy with it's onward and upward with almost six and a half years sobriety it is and um to make that observation jeff is is means a lot that she's absolutely that uh, yeah. the, for some people it's going maintaining the gym or are their diet like thing uh, um, mike wellington even talking about just depression before where he got really into the bipolar stuff about you know his routine in the morning and, and drinking water and um, yeah, how it hydrates you and and that counters depression by being hydrated, dull things like that. So yes, that's all in a maintenance. Um, if you're in maintenance mode, if you will, and to to yeah, that, you are exactly right. She's been nothing short of that. Um, right. And uh, and I'm forever grateful. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that observation, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode twenty eight, we did. Uh, we took a break for the fourth, and and we titled the uh, episode um, "Fixers," and, and it was a play on the. You know, we said through the episode that we we need more fixers. We have too many identifiers, and and what I mm. mean by that is we have too many people that can identify problems. Um, right. Not enough people willing to fix them, and yep. uh, and then I uh, stood on a mountain and and tried to tried to explain to people what. And how much, and how important it is to have the need is for for more help uh, with the kiddos, man, and the and the and the foster 
Holmes community and a and I read some brutal I, I read one that was e- that was it's never easy to read. Um I talked about the texts that Ashley and I get and the group mm-hmm. of licensed foster parents get about kids that go into custody as far as the state uh the, the child protective services and that need a home and they have to give you the details of the child and why the child entered uh yeah. the city or county's jurisdiction and the removed from their home and the details are are um, brutal as an understatement so yeah i read one of them and uh about a seven-month-old baby that had multiple bruises and fractures over a over long periods of time and he's only been alive for seven months so that's why he came into care because somebody was beating the fuck out of him and it makes you sick and um and we talked about how, you know, and I don't know if I did talk about this, but how, you know, no school means no mandated reporting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the system, it doesn't break down, but it, it loses a big, the, the kids lose a big safety net. Um, that isn't perfect to begin with, but yeah, uh, how there's more to it than, is it, you know obviously safety's first and going back to school but how there's more things to think about um than just uh you know rah rah i'm a liberal rah rah i'm a republican it's not about that shit and Mm -hmm. we don't people don't think deep enough and hard enough about it um so so 28 was hard but good and then uh finally if you're still listening which you're probably not (laughs) on episode uh 29 last week we had my man easy on and um, in the picture in the picture he looks like tony montana or whatever that's right that's right <laughs> with the stogie um yeah. and uh that episode is still it's it's still heavy or big in my heart because we just did it last week and yeah. um and i'm so proud of that fucking kid i could almost cry right now mm-hmm. um and I strongly urge you to look, go and listen to that uh, if you haven't yet. He 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 is so honest and raw and real and vulnerable with his transparency of how bad his addiction got. Um, yeah. He put a lot out there, and 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 man, good for on him for doing that because it's had immediate impacts, and, yep. and I, I I mean that it's had an immediate impact on on a human being that needs help. So. Man, God bless him, and uh, I am so fucking proud of of you, Eric. So, yeah, it's been fun, Jeff, so far. Uh, yeah, it man. has been. Uh, it's heavy, but it's 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 fun because it's important, and um, I do get some joy out of this shit. It's a. It, it's like I always say about grace. Once you get it, once you receive it, which I did in rehab, you just want to tell people about it and let them know they can too it's like getting a steak at a restaurant that's phenomenal you just want to tell yeah. all your friends go ahead go try this fucking steak well come try this gray shit it, it fucking feels good motherfuckers yeah. you'll love it um jeff thank you as always uh, honor and a pleasure as always and thanks for doing all the being the brains behind all this um and keeping me honest and real and uh calling me on bullshit when needed to be and um <laughs> and uh 
you know, dealing with my older sister because she's a fucking handful. <laughs> uh, she's so great, man. They're in like, I don't know, Mississippi or something at Jeff's yeah. place. And we were invited, jealous. but Brittany had to work, so I couldn't go. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. But yeah. Kids are having a great time. So yeah. thanks, a, thanks a lot, man. I just want to close with everybody. Um, uh, uh, a challenge and, and this is to myself as well just to try to listen more yeah that's all um you don't have to even if you're not in the midst of something that is a uh, deadly like alcoholism or addiction but if you're struggling with trauma if you're struggling with anger just try to take a step back surrender listen to those that that have your best interest at heart and and take back your life own the anger and win own your trauma and live own your grief and walk or run own your alcoholism or addiction and and recover in jesus's name bro let us pray If you're struggling or know someone that is, please, please have them check out our podcast and reach out to Chris or me. We want to listen and we're super eager to help. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm.